Ah, we are live. We are the attendees on Patterson. I am Jack, joined as always by Paul and Chris, who is just going by attendees on Patterson down there. Um, <laughs> we're normally here to talk Flyers hockey. We're obviously going to get to that, but there's not much action um, in regard to Flyers world. So the NHL playoffs, we were lucky to be treated by the start of that. I mean, you guys gotten a chance to watch much? I haven't watched shit. Uh, I have for the most part. I've avoided my wife. <laughs> You're missing out, Chris. I mean, you know, playoff hockey is fantastic. You know, um, yeah, it's not a it's not a matter of that I'm doing it on purpose. I just, oh, you, you know, are. <laughs> I just been so. Uh, just so goddamn busy. Yeah, I. Case we, that Wi-Fi, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I sit there and you, I. We said this before. You know, playoff hockey is the best. It's playoff overtime hockey is the best, especially when your team's not in the playoff in the overtime hockey game. It is. It is weirdly more enjoyable um, because you're not like your asshole's not puckered. Um, you know, you're not at the edge of your seat. You're just sitting back and enjoying. Enjoying the hatred, the absolute, absolute visceral hate between two teams. Um, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Can't, can't, can't beat it. Um, and we've been treated to a fair amount of, of overtime of, of bonus hockey each game. You know, we've had a, more than I remember in like a first round. Well, we were, we were, we were a breakaway goal by Brain Point. Away from having the four, the first four playoff games go to overtime. Um, and and that extra like that extra um, heat, right? Like it's nice when you get playoff division, like inside division games. The fact that it that's all it is, and that's all they've seen all season. All of a sudden, we um we have that with everybody. You know, like everybody's playing with an extra chip. It's been really really entertaining to see it just how physical it's been. Yeah. I, I, I also think it's a, it's a, it's a strange, it's, it's strange, but good. I think it's a good thing right now. The fact that you don't know like how the conference finals or the final four, cause there is no conferences this year, how the final four is going to match up. So they haven't quite decided that yet. Cause I think they're waiting on Canada and their rules and everything. To play out, even though I think the Canadians are supposed to have like 3,000 fans or 2,000 fans for game six if they make it that far, yeah, uh, which they're is not, they're not like America, they're like, nah, you guys still can't come, <laughs> dude. They've been Canada's been like in lockdown, really strict, yeah, really, yeah. Strict. It's now, uh, now, now, here's the thing do you think? The, the aggressiveness and the, the hits and everything, you has you think it has anything to do with not that COVID's going away, but like not so much fear of hitting someone as opposed to last season where, you know, I don't think, I don't think there was, I don't think there maybe in the bubble there probably was, but right, the bubble was so weird because they're all living together, which sort of eliminates the hatred part of it. Um, yeah. You never really got mad watching the flyers and the Islanders. Like you never like like I hate that dude. Like it yeah, and they just it was so it was so messed up last year. I mean, the fans have a lot to do with it. The fact that there's fans at games except for Canada uh, helps a lot. I mean, it also helps for my enjoyment level too. Just just hearing the place go nuts. Uh, you know, even at a you know whether it's 
positive or negative for their team, it's it's just brings that element back, which is which makes it so much more enjoyable. And the play, every player will tell you it, it. They feed on that, and that helps momentum. When a team gets momentum, and you hear the fans, you know, get behind you. That that helps. That helps continue the momentum. And you didn't have a lot of that last year. It was it was weird. I mean, they got it done. All props to to the NHL for getting it done, keeping the players safe. But uh, you know. Much like this year, with them being stuck in their hotels and their in their houses and everything, being stuck in that bubble last year, they were just fried at at a, at a certain point. Um, but it's it's just been it's been awesome. I so I don't think there's I don't think there's any of that. I don't think we had that during the season. I think uh, once you once you get out there playing, you're not worrying about you know oh he might have COVID. You're not because I mean you can't you can't let that come into your brain. Now where you or you can't play like that. Or you can't play. Or it's it's funny you, you bring up like how fans you know how excited they get. Now I don't know for you, the one of the loudest things I've ever heard on TV, it live, was 06 Game Seven the Hurricanes versus Edmonton, when Justin Williams scored that overtime goal or an over that empty net goal was like 30 seconds left to basically seal the deal. I mean if you go back and watch that, like because I remember texting Jack last season when there was no hockey, there was nothing. And I'm like, I'm watching game seven of this and how loud that place was. And you just, the camera's shaking and everything else. It's great that fans get to see this and fans are going to get to see, you know, uh, luckily I know we're, we're talking hockey right now, but luckily Philadelphia fans get to see, you know, the Sixers, you know, when they start this on Sunday, like it's, I looked at buying tickets today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, yeah. I, um, Again, I don't want to get sidetracked too much, um, but the loudest I can remember the Farg FU Center, whatever we want to call it. Um, I've been to many uh, games, many of events. That 2001 basketball season, that 2000-2001, Allen Iverson, like I had never heard that building so fast or so loud as, as Allen Iverson dropping, you know, 35 in a night. And just playing to the crowd. I So the fans, they're going to be rocking, man. This city loves them some Joel Embiid. It's going to be rocking. So what what game does he have? Does he eat too many cheeseburgers and he's and he's like huffing and puffing and <laughs> he's changed. He's changed, man. He got it together. It's Chick-fil-A. Oh, well, it wasn't it cheeseburgers. He was he used to eat. He wings. Well, he, to, uh, he his his diet was just bad. All no, when he was getting stretched out, when like <laughs> before before I games, I remember him. I remember seeing because I don't watch. Yeah. Um, if they go far, I'll watch a little bit. Just, just, just because. Yeah. Um, just watch but, the fourth quarter. Yeah, especially the last five minutes. Really, you only have to watch. Yes. Um, uh, so, for me, the loudest and craziest game. I mean, definitely the craziest, not even close, but the loudest that I have ever been at was definitely game three, 2012 Flyers pens. When they have the melee, you have Asham hitting Shen and Briz. And I mean, it was just the whole, that was a wild season too. Yeah. Everybody was so pumped. Crazy. And then that was the one when, uh, uh, Crosby started the fight, and then which one called grabbed Hartnell's hair? Uh, yes, Jared. yeah, Craig Adams. Craig Adams. Uh, yeah, and that was when um, 
uh, Crosby smacked uh, uh, smacked the glove out of Voracek's hand. I think it was. Um, or he was bending over. No, no, Timonen to pick his, pick his glove up and. Yeah, I was gonna say Timonen or Shen. It was one of those. Yeah, two. Uh, but that was just. I mean, that was if you remember in game game two, uh, Hartnell did the did the Hulk. The Hulk, yeah. the Hogan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then when when they when they put him on the jumbotron, man, that that place went absolutely ridiculously crazy. That was insane. That was great. Oh, such a fun, such a fun year that was, and that series in particular was wild. That was that was the that was the game where they they were down what three nothing in game one, and yep. then they won like seven three. I didn't didn't Couturier and Gerson no the game game one they won in overtime. That's right, Voracek scored, and then game two was the hat the double hat trick. Yep. All right. Yeah, and then they came home, and then it was. I think it was like what five goals in the first period. It was yeah. like, like, like. Think about that for one second. Like our our teams aren't in the playoffs, but we remember like how many goals were scored nine nine seasons ago. <laughs> don't don't ask me my kids how much they well, weighed when they were when they were born, but I can tell you, you know, in game two with the three the three goals scored by Couturier and the three goals scored by Giroux at the exact time of the period. I can tell you that. Don't but it all, how much they weighed. <laughs> it also speaks to honestly, Chris. It also speaks to right, like how old's your son? Thirteen. Right. Okay. No, the answer so, was supposed to be I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know his birthday. But say your <laughs> say Chase is a hockey fan, right? The sad state that the Flyers are in, right? Like he wouldn't even know how good, even in our life, while there's not a cup, how good of a franchise this was. Um, in our lifetime and really the last, you know, like he wouldn't, he wouldn't even understand how, why we're so angry or why we're so frustrated and what this team has been. And that's kind of where I'm like sitting now is like YouTube. Yeah, I know, but it's, you know, it's different. You know, it's funny you bring up YouTube and then we'll get back on the topic of conversation. The one thing that I used to show my son all the time when he was a baby was the Ottawa senators and the, uh, 2004 2004 and i would show him and like he would he would only be like 11 months old but i have a picture on myspace of him just staring <laughs> right him just staring at the screen and, and screen i know he has got nothing to do with hockey it's just the colors and everything but it's such a cool picture when you realize that this kid's watching the flyers and the ottawa centers get like 300 penalty minutes in two minutes i remember i was i was at a movie I was in the movies when that game was going on and I'm just getting, I'm just getting text after text after text. Like, are do you believe this shit? I'm like, dude, we got to get, we got to get the hot of this schedule. I don't care. I don't like, I I'm already out on this movie. I'm already not paying attention. So let's just, we'll come back later. Cause at that point, you know, movies didn't cost $50 per person. So, right. Yeah. But now you get a recliner. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you can get drinks at the Woodhaven one. I don't know about the rest of them. You can get yourself a ten dollars Jack and Coke. When they, when they, when they, have you have you gone back yet? No. I, I mean, the, I, I may now. The last movie I saw was the Avengers Endgame, and the only reason I saw that was my buddy had he had free tickets, and he and he had an extra one, and that's it. other than that, I wouldn't. 
I would have waited. I would have went on Flat Dollar Tuesday at Woodhaven to see Endgame. I'm not paying twelve dollars. For for Christmas of nineteen, I got. I ended up getting. I was. I have like hundred and fifty dollars in Fandango gift cards, and then the world shut down. Like, yeah, <laughs> awesome. You got a you got hundred fifty dollars in movie gift cards and a twenty twenty planner. That was one hell of a gift. One great yeah. gift. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think I think I might go see Quiet Place too. Not to make this a movie thing, but yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Listen, we like Jim I mean, from the office, so it's fine. Right. We we can he's not RIP. Um yeah. <laughs> oh, I've not I've oh, not okay. seen it, so I so, just know he's been visiting theaters. Oh, has he? Um yeah, I mean obviously like it was Miami, well, he, I saw it and well, he's, he's, he, he's an executive producer too, I think. Yeah, I think he wrote the quiet place, the first one. So the Dwight place. Um <laughs> so uh I mean so Canada's behind, obviously, because everybody's got to still play Vancouver a little bit. Um, does the first Canadian Canadian series start tonight? Did last night. Last night, okay. Yeah, Winnipeg. Winnipeg uh, oh yeah, Winnipeg knocked off uh, knocked off uh, McDavid in Game One. It's McDavid and Drysaddle having the the playoff yips. Um, they, I think neither. I think McDavid had an assist. I mean, uh, Drysaddle had an assist, but McDavid they shut McDavid down, which is crazy. It is. I mean, uh, nobody's been able to do it all year. I mean, but and especially, I mean, Winnipeg's played them how many times? You know, already they were. Uh, the Oilers were seven and two against against the Jets in the regular season, and uh, the, like it wasn't even close. But like the, the amount of points that McDavid, I don't think there was no game. There wasn't a game that he didn't put up more, uh, less than two, and he had like. Two or three four point games. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're a hundred. What do you have? One hundred and six points in fifty eight games. He had one hundred and five points. Yeah, in fifty six yeah. games, he had seventy two assists. So he could have very well had fifty goals and a hundred assists. Yeah, like, I mean, if, they would have played an additional like the the, the full twenty six games. I get it. You know, you play the same team over and over again, so th- that might have he might have had the advantage because that like, can cut both ways, though. Right. Well, obviously it worked last night because they shut him down. They, they. I guess it took him nine games to realize what his tendencies are. <laughs> well, I, I just think, I just think he's faster than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> really, he's really well, good. The, 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 the other thing to, th- to think about is, you know, when you're in the middle of a condensed season like that, where you're just, you know, you're just trying to get through, and then once, you know, once everything was locked up in terms of playoffs, like. And then they had that they had that semi long break. I think it was probably the longest break of the season, um, which is weird because like the Leafs, the Leafs played at night. Like they went, they had a week off, which is insane. Um, but uh, they they had an opportunity to kind of sit back, reflect on what happened in those nine games, and prepare for it. And the fact that they knocked the Oilers off with both their goals coming from Tyler Pullman. And um, legend, yeah. Well, do you? Uh, I don't, if you remember last year, he he took us. He took a shot to the face and mangled his nose. We were talking about that before that before we went live. But about body parts getting mangled. But uh, yeah. he and there was a. I think the fourth liner scored the game winner on a on a point shot from some guy that's played like three games in his career. So being able to win a game against the Oilers without your top six, which which Winnipeg's top six up front is. Very, very strong. good. Yeah, pretty and strong. And not getting they, they just they focused on McDavid and just 
just shut them down. That's the um, drawback when you have like, like, look, it's nice to have Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl. No one's going to cry for Edmonton. But the drawback when all your scoring kind of comes from two guys, if someone has a solves that riddle, even if it's for a couple, sh- you know, for a period, you can really struggle. And that's where like the addition of Tower Hall in Boston and then being able to kind of shuffle where their scoring's coming from makes such a difference because in the playoffs – it's tough to be one line driven at this point in the league. So who, who had money on Nick Dowd and uh, Garnet Hathaway uh, combining for half of the Capitals goals in the first three games? Cause if they did, they made some money. <laughs> they made some dough. Yeah. Do you have a parlay on that, Chris? No, he doesn't even know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took a, I took a little bit of a beating on, Saturday, I got I I broke in, but you know I, I I deleted the app for a couple weeks. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, and that's yeah, what I mean, like Connor McDavid was minus two on a on which McCallie. He only had two shots on goal, so that that's that's a <laughs> not an easy. And, and they didn't come. They didn't come till like the last couple minutes of the game. Yeah, he averages like four shots a goal a game. Like that's that's a like people think. Okay, so he only had two shots, but he averages four shots. Well. You, you know, what was the, you know, how easy were those shots? Were there people in front of him? Like, was it an easy shot for him? Like, people, like, if that was Philly, they'd be like, oh, my God, Connor McDavid stinks. Strip well, the C, baby. Yeah, <laughs> strip the C. Send him. He's been a, he's a bust. Right. Like, like two shots on goal, you know. You know he like, doesn't show like, up in the playoffs. He's a bust. Rescind the contract. Buy him out. <laughs> trade him oh. Trade him to Philly for a Hague and a third. Yeah. You oh, are so then we're paying too much. You are so stuck on this Hagen the third. Well, Jack yeah, got it, me. Jack got me stuck on it. <laughs> That's a Twitter. Oh. It's a Twitter thing. Well, I hope it goes Hagen the third, and we and we get whoever, and we get Hamilton. I, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> they got a shed salary. Um, but I, I will say this, and I hate. I really loathe the words that are about to come out of my mouth. Um, but watching some of these play, some of this playoff hockey it's kind of hard not to appreciate what Brad Marchand does. Oh, he's such a scumbag. He's a, look, he's a piece of garbage. You're not going to hear me <sighs> say anything different, but also well, he's kind of good. But hold on. So I get what you're saying. Marshawn, you know, when he's not licking people, he is. Well, he's he garbage. Yeah, now, now, now he sticks you in the face. Yeah. He's garbage. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying he's a clean player. He's bad. Like my frustration with Marshawn is probably the same as yours. He's better than that shit. Um, sadly, when he's not doing that shit, he's not. He ends up not being effective. Cause yeah, because it's it's he needs to do it for him for his own ego or whatever it is that it feeds him. You know, it's like al- it's he almost, needs to be hated. It's almost Matthew Barnaby esque, but he's better. Well, yeah, <laughs> his, his skill. He's obviously his skill is better. Although I I don't remember Matthew Barnaby going to, on a uh, shootout and completely missing the puck or touching no, the but <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. But. Um, yeah. But like it, when you when you compare like their antics, it's you know Barnaby-esque. what though, Barnaby probably wasn't quite as dirty either. <laughs> Marchand uh, is the king of the slew foot, you know, like which is just a shitty thing to do to people. And you can you like you when he pokes the goalie late or whatever yeah. something happen, happens around the net, it's impossible to get the first shot on him. Like he he's so elusive. 
Yeah, he's slippery. He's a slippery. He, he slips squirrely. out and then gives you a shot as you're as you're going by. Yeah, but it's he's and so the, frustrating. I, I don't. And, and the league protects him. Like they, well, they they don't do like anything. They don't like, discipline him. They don't. Yeah, they don't discipline him. But he's also very good at some of the stuff he does. Is right, like if real close to the line. Like there's some things that are far over that he doesn't get discipline on, but some things that he does that like really. And it's the same thing with Barnaby that really aggravate you. It's because he plays on that edge and that edge spills a lot, but I don't, I just don't comprehend how someone like Tom Wilson hasn't grabbed him and murdered him by now through all these years. How has it not happened once? So it's funny you bring up Tom Wilson because the little blip came across the screen uh, well, across my phone this morning about Nazim Kadri. Is that how you say his name from Colorado? Kadri's Kadri's yeah. got a hearing in person. He doesn't like playing playoff games. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> you're saying he can get a five game suspension. Yep. Yeah. He has like, an in person hearing. But how? how, how, how does, well, okay. I haven't seen the hit. I'm gonna it's take, bad. I'm going to take your guys' word for it. It was dirty. Folk probably didn't know who he was when he woke up. But like, how if a play like that is bad? Which we all agree on. I haven't even looked at it. So F Tom Wilson or F you know Kadri. How does Kadri smashing someone's face into the ice not warrant that scene? Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, I'm sorry. How does warrant how does Wilson smash someone's face into the ice? Put him out for the last three games of the season. How does that not warrant a five game suspension? Like are are is Washington and New Pittsburgh where we just protect all the players? No. Like no, because Wilson has been disciplined before, and what happened? So here, if you Wilson. watch it back, go on, Paul. Panarin jumps on Wilson's back. Well, okay, hey, you jump on someone's back. <laughs> I mean, is he just supposed to just let you go? Like, like the it would it would have been real bad. It could have been really bad if Panarin hit his head and cracked his head open. That would have been terrible for the league for ob- for all the reasons that you can think of. Um, but he like he like he. It's within he, the bounds of normal hockey, kind of what happened there, right? Like it's a scrum. Yeah, it's a it's a scrum. It's not it's not as egregious as as. On first watch, it looked really bad. Or when you like cut it, when you don't watch the whole thing from top to bottom. Now he started the whole thing too. Yeah, he saw he saw Buznetchev, whatever, um, poke his goalie. Buznevich, Buznevich, whatever. Eighty nine, eighty nine Rangers. Yes, he saw him poke him. He saw him poke his goalie, so he gave him a shot. I mean, that happens in every single scrum. I mean. I mean, look at the Florida Tampa series. Like, I think the first like nine whistles, there was flat, like borderline fights in the scrums. And so much, much worse stuff has happened in the playoffs in the scrums than what than Wilson. Did. I mean, except for the fact that he could have potentially really, really hurt Panarin. But when you look at what Cadre did, and when, and when you see there, when you see the 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 the, hot, the low light of it, whatever you want to call it. I'm watching it's it now. It, it's it's pretty bad. It's yeah. it definitely he, leads aiming for the head, like shoulder right to the head. Yeah, and that that's this. I, I think this will be his third 
his third playoff yeah. suspension of more repeat than repeat offender. Yeah, repeat yeah. offender. It's just like with football too. Like this is the exact kind of hit they don't want. You know, like if there's like a couple things wow. that are definitely going to earn you something. Go ahead, Paul. You know who he is? He's uh, uh, Von has perfect, perfect. Like, but only in the playoffs. So, <laughs> which is worse? Which is worse for your team? Yeah. And that's the whole reason why one of the other guys I coach with the TCNJ, he's from Ontario, is a big Leafs fan, and he just he's like, Cadre's a really Cadre's a really good player, but like when you keep doing this shit, like, like what's the point of having you avail? What we talked about before, huh. availability is an ability, and whether you're unavailable because you keep getting suspended or hurt, it doesn't matter. And if you're unavailable, like it's you're hurting the team. Yeah, that's almost some of yeah, that's like a Matt Cook hit. It's bad. It's, it is. It's, it's yep. bad. It's that's, that's, there's no faster way. I feel like other than like if you were to two hand someone in the head, there's no faster way to earn yourself a, a suspension. You target someone's head, and I mean, was it? I, I I I'm not watching it. It wasn't exactly like he was moving at a slow rate either. You know, no, and they, had, no, no. They, they they were they were going fast. He he got it was a pass that he took. He didn't have his head down. It wasn't Lindros. He didn't no. have his head down. He nope. was he was shooting right on net, and he got the shot off. And kudos to By him. By the way, Grubauer, if you watch the replay, watch the rebound save he makes with his paddle, which is which <laughs> I was watching it live, and I'm like, how are they not bringing this up? <laughs> the game, the game, like would have been a one goal game. But by the way, besides screwing his team because he got thrown out of the game, now he's going to be suspended. He could have cost them the game because he gave him a five minute major. They scored one goal on it. They should have scored a second goal. I mean, a goal on the on the delayed penalty. Like Grubauer, the defense had to bail had to bail him out. Like, he could have really screwed his team over. It's funny we're we're talking about these hits, and obviously, yeah, I brought up Matt Cook, and I don't know if you guys remember what he did to Savard. Like, yep. Like, and you know, Savard actually sued the league, and then you know. It was an NHL executive. I don't know who it was, but he blamed Savar for keeping his head down. Old, old school, man. You get like, some of these guys that have been around too long. Stuck in the mud. Yep. Yeah. And well, well I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, but then you have someone like Don Cherry who's faulting the NHL for not, you know, penalizing these guys quick enough. So, like. Yeah, like, but I he's get, flipped on that. I mean, yeah. he was all well, old school and well, he's come well, around to it. Yeah, but. Cherry, Cherry goes back and forth, but. It, like like plays like like you have to. This is how refs lose control of games. This is why you get a three hundred penalty minute in two thousand and four, and you because you know who, whoever it was, Rob Wright. Was it Rob Wright? No. Yep. Rob Wright. Yeah, Rob Wright. I mean, that's a that's a tough guy. <laughs> elbow elbow, elbow Donald Brashear yep. straight in the temple, and then yep. Brashear snapped. Like yep. like and stuff like that. Like that's a heavyweight. Go, that's a heavyweight battle right there. And then, right, and then you go back to the twenty. <laughs> you go back to the twenty twelve game. Like James Neal should have been kicked out of that game, you know. They, they gave him a ten-minute major, and you wouldn't have had Wayne Simmons cross the ice with no official and start cross-checking him. Like it's it's plays like that that fans get made at officials because you're not doing enough to control the game. And now the NHL has to look at this and be like, "Dude, you got to get a five-game suspension, Kadri. It's your third offense. You clearly want don't you like to have the summers off? So we're just going to give you the five-game suspension." You know, hopefully your team can play another five well, games. If not, see you next season. 
to your point, Chris, if they, if they don't get it under control and look, hockey is such a fast game. It is hard. Sometimes I'm not going to stick up for, for the zebras fully, but it is hard sometimes to be right on, you know, like, but on top of that, if hockey, like the league again, now it's going to be on ESPN owned by Disney. They've been trying to, to limit how many fights happen. Well, the easiest way is to make sure you're not you're policing the game and making sure the the players don't have to police the game. Right, and that you and know? that and that and that's like that's more or less how all sports are. Is like like you have to control the game as a rep. You don't put the game in your hands, but you have to control it. You can't let you know so and so with the continually slashes across you know the arm, the leg, you know the glove. Like it, you're eventually going to turn around and you're going to swing your stick at someone. Like well. I just feel like. You or it ends get, up as being a board or it ends up, you know, like, like, I, like you go out there and you hit someone so hard just to get back at them, not an intent to injure, but you just hit them. And they, so, and they, there's some intent there. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm saying, I'm saying like, you don't, you really think I, I could be wrong. Do you think players go in intent to board someone and like snap their head and shoulder back? No, not. I think that there's a frustration that happens. Right. And that's what I'm saying is it's like there's an intent to cause pain. Not yeah, to, not necessarily. Yeah. Pain, right. Not, not to injure. Like, I mean, what yeah. was, what, what league was it that banned hits for the, for this past season? OHL, but that was because of COVID. It was because, right. yeah. Well, that's not, what I'm uh, was it? It was one of OHL or CHL or yeah. Q, uh, yeah. Q. But I'm like, that. that's what I feel. Well, I know it's because of COVID, but you feel like almost sometimes you, the league wants to go in that direction, and you can't. Well, you can't, obviously, but you sometimes you, they think about it. It's something that's always brought up to the board. You, you, you got to, they got to just have, be better at their job, plain and simple. And I'm far from an NHL official. They think they got a hard enough job skating up and down the ice, you know, with these guys. So, so Paul, since we're talking penalties, like one of the rules that they keep that that you know Chris is bringing up rules they keep bringing up every year is basically tied around power plays. So one of the ideas that they have in order to, you know, is to take away icing. So you can't just ice it down. And another one that they talk about is it's two minutes. doesn't matter how many goals get scored. It's two minutes. But what if you're, sh- see, I, I always thought, you know, I'm going to, cause I'm, I'm going to sign off. I always thought if you score in a power Drop a play, bomb and then leave, <laughs> like if you score on a power play on a two minute, regular power play, you should continually have the power play going. But if you give up a shorthanded goal, their power play is over. It can't be too it can't be um it can't be one it can't be too other. gimmicky. It can't be too gimmicky. Well they get it's already them. gimmicky enough. I I guess I could be on board for keeping the two minute power play. The whole ice the whole icing those are the two ones that come up frequently in the yeah, off. Yeah, they actually did that in youth hockey from Pee Wee, so twelve and under. They did. They actually uh, USA Hockey instituted that uh, two years a case, ago. A test case, and because uh, well, and I, I get the premise. They don't want kids. They want to force kids to make passes and leave the zone. That's the whole premise behind it, which I understand. I get. Um, but you can also do that in practice. You can make them in practice. They can't ship the puck out. You have to. You can't leave the zone in, without possession of the puck, or while you or while making a pass. Like you have to be making the pass in the zone to a guy leaving the zone. Um, but so I get get it from youth hockey perspective. But while you're playing 
NHL level. I just like, so here's the thing. You're blocking. I think it's, I think it's an injury risk an injury too, risk, yeah. because you got guys laying down, laying their bodies on the line and then, then they can't ice it because then, because I don't then know how you're you going to get a change. If you, if you ice it, you can't change. So like, so that means they're going to be out there. Like a guy takes a shot off the ankle and, he, and granted the, re- the referees can make, if he's hurt, he can let them, they can let that guy change. Uh, they can make that, that uh, decision on the fly, but I just gimmicky. It's too gimmicky. And, and goal scoring went up this year and yeah, for the first time in, a while. Well, actually, if you look at, I believe in 1920, the goal scoring was going up a little bit too. <laughs> well, and that brings me, I guess I'm trying to be professional here. Like I'm trying to make sure we have some segues. So off, uh, off air, we talked a little bit about um, goaltenders and, and what's going on. And I think that this is a nice segue, right? We're the tendies on Patterson. We're goaltenders. Um, Gentlemen, I'm out. Uh, I'll watch at the baseball field. Enjoy. Um, so crop dust and son of a bitch. I know. So um, we talked a little bit offline about how uh, goaltending all it's, it's elite. Everybody, even the guys that like you consider maybe a notch below, like all goaltending in the NHL right now, there, there isn't a guy that you consider just like a, a sieve. Um, but on top of that, like they're doing this because goaltending has, these ideas come out because goaltending has gotten so good. They want to increase it, but they don't want to keep messing with pads is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't mess with the pads. You they've can't. done it enough. They've done it yeah. enough. Like, like what they've done, limiting, limiting the size, making sure it doesn't go too big. They've, they've adjusted the Jersey. So you can't have like Patty Wah had like, you know, this, that this 9X jersey. Um, and you had, you know, you had Snow with his uh, football shoulder pads on. What did he do? Did he just tape up those little – remember, like, our chesties? No, he, they, they added a pad. Oh, top. did they? Yeah. I thought – because our chesties, I don't know if they still do, but our chesties back in the day, they had, like, these two flaps that were kind of yep. on, like, straps. That's I what, thought he just taped those up. No, no. What they did was they actually – they sewed it onto the top part. Oh. They basically sewed like a, like a like a neck roll, TP or something, like right on the right on the top of each shoulder. <laughs> uh, what he couldn't close was his five hole. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, he also was the king of like a really huge knot too, right? Didn't even huge knot on the top of his. Um, yes, I believe so. Of his yeah. stick, like it was like a roll of tape. Like basically, he just took a roll of tape and taped it on. What was weird about him is you know he had the big shoulders, um, but his pads weren't like he didn't. He didn't have oversized pads like some guys had back in the day. No, they were super wide back in the. They were you know, wide, the but they weren't like. They, they weren't tall. They weren't tall, which was weird. Well, um, like I look at my leg pads. I had them out, and I'll give a, a little plug. There's a company called Second Hand. What's it called? Oh God damn it! I'm not going <laughs> to get their name. It's Second String Leather, where you can send your old equipment in, and they can make a wallet out of it, and yeah, yeah, things like that. So I had my pads out to look at them and just when I held them up to my leg compared to the way the pads are now, like my pads didn't come very far up into my thigh at all. Um, now they're, they come up almost to your groin. Yeah. Yeah. No, the pure butterfly pads too. So I'm going to, 
my uh, my friend Mike just sent this to me. The, the Hurricanes had this on the Jumbotron. Uh, I I don't know what game it's from, but let me see if I can – if that uh, – It's not quite clear. It's not clear enough? Yeah, it looks like a Venn diagram, but I can't read it. Yeah, so basically it's two circles. Uh, one says Nashville. The other one says the Titanic. And in the middle where the two circles intertwine, looks good until they hit the ice. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's and, uh, fantastic. The Canes, the Canes media. They're, uh, they're fantastic. Awesome. They did a lot of things to try and be very friendly to the fans. You know, like uh, they did a good, they've done a good job. Yeah. And Don Cherry with his, you know. He's an idiot. You can't, you can't do anything under the game. Like, come on. And then good for them. They immediately, they remember he called a bunch of jerks. jerks. Yeah, yeah. Bunch of jerks. Right. <laughs> I'm like, just have fun. Like, it's yeah, supposed, that, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a fun game and like, Oh, it's business. And just, it's not quite as bad as baseball with their unwritten rules, but, uh, but yeah, it's come on, you old heads. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's just a different game now, you know, like, it's a, it's a fun, it's a more fun game. Like guys are, I feel like it's not quite there because everybody's so structured, but like they do have the chance to be way more creative than what was going on in like the, <coughs> the late nineties, early two thousands where like, maybe it wasn't quite as structured, but the clutch and grab didn't really give for much creative, create creative no. play. No, there was, um, uh, I think it was, on Solani's birthday or his reti- or his um, number retirement or his his Hall of Fame induction, I forget what it was, but uh, a video came out that when he was with the Ducks and they were playing is back when they were the Mighty Ducks with the purple jerseys, and they were playing uh, at uh, at the Rangers, and off of off offensive zone face off in the Rangers zone, Bukaboom literally grabbed him and just pulled him to the ice for the, like the perfectly entire- legal, perfectly legal, no penalty. Right now, like Bukovic would have got like thrown out of the league for that. Yeah, it's just it's just different, you know. Like, and I feel like we should, if if we're going to play the game different, if we're going to call the game different, we should experience the game different. And I feel like hockey hasn't done a great job at bringing in new audiences. You know, like they've done better jobs at different stretches, and you can't bring in a new audience or like if you're just going to have a dry experience you know like the game is excellent the game is excellent but you got to have the other stuff you know like the yep. before game the after game between periods you got to have stuff that's engaging for the people that actually pay the money you know what you know what i've i've has begun has begun to annoy me are the people that criticize the flyers because of gritty uh <laughs> i i heard glenn mack now on wip one of the few times i've actually listened to wip the other day when he was subbing in for uh uh, uh, Angelo, I guess, and he was saying how the Flyers are a joke, and they just brought Gritty in to, you know, uh, to distract the the fans from what's on the ice. Like, no mascots can distract me from how good or bad my team is. Like, that being said, I can fully enjoy Gritty, and they're trying to make it more of a kid friendly thing. Now I know Gritty isn't like the fanatic, but like. My three-year-old niece, she loves Gritty. And Those, these things aren't mutually exclusive, right? Like, it's not like we can win or have Gritty. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, like... So so if, if they brought him in in 97 or during the Lindros era, it, it would have been okay? Like, no, they would have. it would have been worse. It would have been like, why do we, you know, like... 
these they're the same people that cry about Kate Smith. They're the same people that cry about stuff that you know, go cry somewhere else. Why is the fanatic okay? Because it's been there, it's not new. Yeah, it's because it's, it's not new. I just, just hate that. Like, they're not, I mean, as in terms of the Flyers as a whole, yes, they're like gritty besides the fan experience. They wanted to make some money. Now, they had no, no clue how popular gritty was going to be right off the bat. Like, the first 24 hours, I mean, He's he he will be a study in marketing for oh, a long yeah. time because the first twenty four hours he was a laughing stock and so were the Flyers and it was a complete turnaround right after that. People, I mean, a lot of it had to do with the, with the city. Like, oh, he's a joke, and then everyone else is making fun. I'm like, you can't make fun of him. He's ours. <laughs> yeah, it's a very so, Philly thing. Yes, but uh, but and yeah, then he, that that. Did sleep with one eye open bird response to the oh, penguins like perfect. that was and the people that was that it run, the people that, that run his it. social media are just awesome they just do they're a genius they're geniuses and even in the off season even during the lockdown they just kept coming up with stuff and i just you know i'm i'm not that creative <laughs> <laughs> but so again we can look professional here so the problem with these people is they don't know what they want right so talk about gritty and I'll talk about how it's, you know, it's horrible or it's a laughing stock or it's a joke or it's just to distract us. And then they'll also turn around and be like, the Flyers never bring in fresh. They'll always do the Flyers thing. We, this is why we've been bad. Every It's always a Flyers move. And so irritating. Yeah. So then now the Flyers are poised to do a very Flyers move. So um, Scott Gordon and the Flyers agreed to part ways this week, um, which is a interesting turn of phrase but when you read what fletcher has to say had to say it did make sense right like i don't know if you were able to read his quote read it. all right so basically his point was um the assistant coach comes out comes to him and says like look i'm not interested in coaching anymore and this was the last year on gordon's deal so they go we can hire we can leave gordon here for one year and, ha- and have to hire an assistant coach um, where like we don't know if we're extending Gordon or not, and we don't know if Gordon wants to be extended or not. And now we're hiring him an assistant coach. So we're hiring a replacement for him. What are we what are we doing here? And he's like, when I talked to 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 Scott, he said, um, you know, like maybe it's it's a good idea to just, you know, part ways now rather than have this one year where we don't really know what's gonna happen the year after and hire an assistant coach into that. Yeah. It's a fair, no. it's a fair. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't have any qualms about it. I mean, obviously the the, the players like uh Lappy. I mean I, I like Lappy. Uh, I think Lappy's a good guy. Um he did a very poor job with the penalty kill for for uh five years, which was you know what too long. Too long. <laughs> um but I have no problem with him trying to develop players. Uh and when you look at so, Bill Barber, former Flyer, coach of the Phantoms, won a Calder Cup, won a Jack Adams Award as a Flyers coach, you know, got thrown under the bus by his players, never coached again, which was a shame. It's wow. really a shame. What happened? Yeah. Very similar to um, what's his name? Basically, to Boa. Very similar trajectory to Larry Boa there. Yeah. And uh, John Stevens. 
not a flyer, but a longtime phantom, uh, and in the in the flyer system, uh, again, coached him to a Calder Cup, has been a very successful assistant coach, hasn't had much luck, hasn't had much success as a head coach, but uh, he's, he's a good NHL pro coach. Uh, Craig Berube, former flyer, uh, I don't he, – he, he had – he he, um, he had uh, he had to go coach uh, or had to go watch uh, kids baseball. Yeah, so he cropped us at us with he, a question and left. Yeah, he dropped a question bomb and ran out. Um, he's got a, a child's baseball game to go to. So Baruby, he's gonna go curse at kids. So Baruby, <laughs> Baruby had success as a Phantoms coach. Uh, had success as the Flyers coach. Uh, got fired and then uh, went to St. Louis, won a cup. So when you look at these examples of guys that you know, why we have to stop hiring these former Flyers? Why? Like a lot of these guys have been very successful. Like Tockett, bef- I mean Tockett went to a bad right. He was he was in Phoenix, right? Arizona. Yeah. He Sorry, just, Arizona. yeah, they just, they, they, they just, just let, let him go. go. Yeah. But that's a tough franchise. That franchise had a hard time for a little while. He'll but get even he'll get another he'll get another shot, um, and even though Brindamore is not, I mean, he's just as associated with Carolina as he is with Philadelphia. Again, this is a Philadelphia play, you know, like a flyer. Yeah. Um, so it's it, I, I agree with you. I just think that the flyer, like the fans, can't cut it both ways, right? You can't cry that you want a change in direction, and then when you get it, complain about that as well. You know, I mean, I guess you can do whatever you want but it would help to have some intellectual consistency. Yeah. And it's, I think, I don't think there would be much, or there wouldn't be a lot of arguing or complaining if they brought Brendan Moore in because of the success he's had in Carolina. Yeah. But if they were to fire AV, which they're not going to do, they've already confirmed. Uh, if they brought Tockett in, there would be a lot of, a lot of flack. And, yeah. And which I would not be for firing EV for Tockett. Uh, I, we we agree with you there. We agree with you there. Yeah, uh, Ryan. Yes, no, we, I, we agree. I have I have no problem uh, describing the bullies as the bullies, Clarky and Barber and all of them. I have no problem. Yeah, I. They're the bullies, but. Calling the Flyers the Broadsheet Bullies, it just it has to go. But be prepared for it because when ESPN comes in next year, guaranteed that's going to – anytime the Flyers are brought up, that's what they're going to call them. It's 100% guaranteed. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mortgage my house against it. And they haven't been that kind, of, that kind of team. I mean, maybe you could say some of those late 90s teams were kind of like that. Um Sort but, of, yeah, but sort I mean, of. they were they were intimidating. Yeah, yeah, they were cool. intimidating. They were yeah. landed the Giants. Those that team was so big. Those yeah. like the, those '90s teams were so big. Yeah. Um, but they haven't been an intimidating team in a long, physically intimidating team in a long time. No, they got they have to <clears throat> they have to bring some of that in, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do this offseason. Uh, as we've talked about numerous times, a lot of a lot of changes coming, and rightfully so. But uh, one one thing of interesting note that came out this week was that Patrick 
changed his uh, his agent for the first for uh, for the third time in four years. Four I think. Years. Yeah, and uh, it came out that the agent told the Flyers that he would like a fresh start, which you know that might be better prompted, for both parties. Which prompted some online you know hatred on Flyers t- uh, Twitter, which is nauseating. But I I understand it, but. Flyers can't just let him go. Like, yeah, you, you gotta either trade his trade him with his rights, or you know, he's part of a trade for with a, a bigger package. You're not just gonna just trade him. No, to trade him. no, he I think that he, yeah, I think that he will be part of some package to bring in some play. I don't, you know, we don't know what the market's gonna look like for teams looking to move players. Um, but I do think he's an interesting because he plays center. Center's an important position. He has a number two pick. Yeah, he's a four, right? Like he has a name. Um, you look at his injuries, you say maybe he just, you know, got a rough start. Maybe there's still something to mind here, but you're not, you know, you're not going to trade him for, I don't know, pick, pick. You're not going to trade Patrick for Eichel, you know, like two normal, former number two picks. That's not going to be what happens. He would be part of a trade for a, a big name where the risk is low on both sides, I guess, is moving Patrick. I think you, I think just like the trade deadline this year, I think you're you're going to see a lot more three team deals. Yep. Uh, I and I it wouldn't surprise me if he was part of something to go to the third team for them to give up the whatever pick, you know, and cap room or whatever. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was part of that. Last off season, I actually thought he might end up getting um, like a, a team like Ottawa that needs to get to the cap floor. Might be in, you know, like before they signed his one year deal, um, where like it's a, it's an interest for a team like that that's still in a rebuild, um, that might you know have might need to take on some salary. I don't know what shape they're going to be in next season. They're still very young. Um, it's an interesting player for a team like that. So I wouldn't be surprised that you bring up a three way trade to see something like that. Him go to a team that's like looking to to. I, I actually think a retool. team like. I, th- I actually think a team like San Jose would be a team that would be better off because a guy that's going to be cheap because Patrick isn't going to get anything more than the minimum, and he's not going to get any 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 term, and he's a guy that has a high ceiling that could fill a, fill a hole because they I mean they need to get younger and cheaper, and you know he's a no risk type of guy, so. That wouldn't surprise me. A team like Ottawa, they need to bring vets in. They, yeah. besides the, like the salary cap and everything like that, which I don't think they're that. They're, they're probably not in a bad situation, but they need to bring established players in to help yeah. groom those younger players because, yeah, they weren't that far off. I mean, if you look no, they at look me, pretty good. They, for- they they were they competed a lot. You take out the first fifteen games, they were they were pretty competitive. It's going to be interesting for them because that's Stutzel looks like he's going to be a nice player. They have a lot like of good young players. Yeah. They just um, don't have their their issues on the back. I mean, a lot of a lot of teams' issues is on the back. Back end. Yep. Yep. And that's really the difference between the goods and the and and the not so goods and then the bads is is issues uh, on the blue line. Um, that's just that's just the reality. Like, I think at this point, like we said with goaltender, I'm not going to say goaltending doesn't matter. But right now, what you would probably say is you want elite defenders um, and a good and a good goaltender, not a bad one. But you don't need a, an elite goaltender because if you can limit those chances, it, it's much. Yeah, they, 
they have Matt Murray, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, man, he's bad. Uh, whew, what a fall from grace. Um, but along along those lines, now that we're talking a little bit about off season and 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 moves and and what we're what we're looking at, and Patrick, right? So I will say this. Um, for with Nolan Patrick asking for a fresh start, perfectly fine. I don't really take it or leave it. You know, he's probably going to be what a low end bottom six center right now. Um, yep. On um, I, at least on this team, you know, like um, so. On and what's annoying a little bit, like I don't mind him. I, I'm not angry. I could care less. Um, couldn't care less. Anyway, um, the idea though is that like this team. I don't know what happened behind closed doors. I don't know what was said to him through his migraine stuff. I don't know how, you know, like how he was treated. If there's an issue with his teammates, which doesn't seem like it, they all speak fairly highly of him, at least in public. It is a little annoying to have someone who's contributed so little um, to one out too. Like I just, I get wanting a fresh start, but it's also like. Well, I, if you remember last, last season, even before the, before the shutdown, the Flyers were not thrilled that he still was not available. Because if you remember, even for the bubble, there was talk that he might come back. Yeah, he, he might, might be available for that. So I know there was there was some issues there, and he may not be happy with that. Um, and maybe the Flyers not fully understanding how bad it is. Maybe them not thinking he was as bad as he as he was letting on. Um, we don't know the full story, never will, but it just seems like there could be some there's definitely some bad blood there. Some resentment. Uh, and it's it's management and and I guarantee AV is part of that and that probably is part of his wanting out. But uh it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with him. But He's also taken up a spot that, you know, they. You've got Frost coming back from injury, right? They 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 see Frost as the center, and they see a guy that will produce more than Patrick. Even if Patrick comes back next year as a flyer and produces, odds are Frost will produce more just because of where they are. You know, Frost in their development, yeah, in their, in their development. development. Frost isn't coming back from you know migraine issues or any any sort of head issues. His was uh, a wrist, was, right? No, it was wrist a shoulder. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and and along those lines, Paul, um, I don't mean to cut you off because I think we're going to hit the same point and then I'll let you, I'll get out of your way. Um, along those same lines where Frost may have more upside at this point in their careers. Um, the other part is, is that it's not like the issues that we see weren't present in his scouting report. No, Nolan Patrick, you know, like this is a long term, like a long time issue. Yeah, he was. It said in a scouting report that he skates very carefree and I don't, I, Carrie Price used to get bashed for this too, where it looks like he doesn't care because he's not like, you know, skating and freaking out and like just very, uh, how do I put it? Uh, not exuberant. Um, outlandish. I don't. I forget. I don't exactly know how to describe. He's it. not like Rudy Rudiker, where he's given yeah. you Stanley Stanley Cup Game Seven every time his skates hit the ice. Right, like that's. Yeah. I guess you call it patient. 
uh, he's a very patient player, and he's not he's not a guy that's going to force the game. And this year, especially coming off head injuries, he definitely didn't force the game. He didn't. There were maybe a handful of times where we saw maybe force the issue, especially physically. But for the most part, he kept to the outside. But it's not like he's not trying. Like people, people. That's ridiculous. Him. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Was, because if he wasn't trying, he would have not. He would. He would not have played as much as he did this year. If he's that good with not trying, <laughs> you know, right? Like, but. I guess what we're on, what what I took away from it though is like there is an amount of like guys can be look effortless when they're still you know like effortless yeah, yeah. but there is there is some concern a little bit with I don't know I feel like when you play center right like it's it's the second it's it's up there with one of the most important positions on the ice you have to be to a certain degree as good off the puck as you do on yep and I think that. Um, when you're watching a player that looks the way he does. And again, I'm not in his skates. I'm not going to sit here and say he's not trying enough. I'm not in his brain either. He's not tenacious enough. Yeah. But there is, there are some concerns about, about that off the puck play, right? Like, so I'm not comparing the two. Uh, Don't, don't think I'm comparing these two players. I would never do it. They're not in the same league, but that's what makes a guy like, like Crosby, so great is because off the puck, he's better, probably almost better than he is on. Right. And that's sometimes the difference when you get to this level and you want to play top six is that off the puck play, you know, anybody can, can be inspired or um, skating hard when they have the puck, you know, but you need to be just as good off the puck, especially at center. Wins yeah. can get away with floating <laughs> with floating a little bit. Yeah, no, without a doubt, it, both offensively in terms of setting yourself up for success by um, being in position like uh, Crosby's goal in game one where he was on the defenseman. He just stuck his hand out to deflect the puck in. And, like, that's just that's stupid. Like, it's, it's a shame he's in Pittsburgh. And it's a shame he's not more likable because uh, he's I, just so good. But I will say I hear as a teammate, he's like one of the most awesome people, um, which great. I hate. Yeah. Which I hate to, to, to say, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a reason why he's in a conversation as being possibly, you know, like one of the best penguins of all time when you're talking about a Mario Lemieux being there, you know, or, or y- Yags being there, but I don't want to, I won't, don't want to come off work that we're talking about. They're in the same league. It's just pointing out that like, when you look, around at what separates players when you get to these elite levels so much of it is what you do when you're not in control yep yeah you you need to put yourself in in positions to succeed and uh you know he hasn't done that Uh, i think he's even though he was a minus 30 this year i don't i don't think he's that bad defensively um but again, like especially on the defensive end, it comes to tenacity is a is is a is a big thing, and uh, you need to want to do it. Like the 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 joy is playing offense, um, but defensively, if you're going to be good defensively, you have to want to do it. And certain guys have that, certain guys don't, 
you know, obviously like a guy like Patrick Line, he wants nothing to do with it. <laughs> He's um, good enough goals. Plus he plays wing. You can get a yeah, little bit more away from it when you play wing. Yeah, no, and guy like Ovechkin, you know, yeah. you can outscore your liability, uh, liabilities and mistakes. Uh, he hasn't been able to. And I think we also forget just how good he was before he went out with. Yeah. And he lost, he lost, you know, almost two years of development. He was only what? 20, 21, uh, you know, he was a kid. He was a kid when he, when he first. So like, and, and at the time when, before his migraines, he was asked to, he was asked to be the second line center. Like it's not. And he actually wasn't bad. All you know, things like, considered, was he did an admirable job yeah. considering the age and the circumstances with the team. So it's just it's it's I don't it's frustrating. I don't mind him wanting a fresh start. I think sometimes when you get players in these situations, it's good. I also think that you know, like, look, we don't know what his ceiling is going to be, but at the same time, it's there's not a long history of guys missing the amount of time that he has at that point in their career and end up having, you know, well, I mean, actually I think there's a, a guy that has a, a, in the playoffs right now as a, as a good parallel to him, although different injury, Kevin Fiala in Minnesota, he was very, very good. promising yeah. young forward, having a very good playoff for Nashville when he had that gruesome um, tibia, he broke his tibia. I think it was anytime Crash, you break your tibia or fibia, it's a nasty cra- crashing a, into the end boards. Rough and, injury. And it was bad. It took him a while to heal. And by the time he came back and he was still working through it, he got passed over by other players. And he needed a fresh start, and he got it in Minnesota, a team that was looking for some offense. And he had the ability to just go and play and not have to worry about any of that stuff. And he's, you know, Minnesota, he's better for it, and so is Minnesota. And, you know. I'd be fine with him having a resurrection somewhere. I don't, you know, like – uh, what do I want to watch? Good hockey. Yeah. No, you know, I like. I don't. I don't hold, hold a grudge nah. against them. Like, but I feel like the people of the city do. Like, maybe that's what we do. We hold grudges with. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm the one to talk. I, I, I have a tendency to hold grudges against against people that. Uh, but it's not only it's only certain players that I that I'm for a, that I'm watching play. Will I hold a grudge? Right, like Crosby. Crosby's the guy I'll hold a grudge against. <laughs> well, I mean, like I have to be honest with you, um, and then we'll we'll start wrapping up. But like, I hold a grudge against Crosby, probably for different but similar reasons. Like, part of why I hold against, I'm again, I feel the same thing I said about Marshand. He's better than some of the bullshit he pulls, you know. Like, so the bullshit looks so much worse. Um, on another track. He makes the, the Penguins being so good for so long and the Flyers being middling for so long. It's made it really tough to be a freaking hockey fan. You know, like it's also the way the Penguins got him. Like, yeah, just, just they were just gifted him. And it's just I don't I don't like that. I don't I don't like the way that all that all went down. And, you know, like the, the, the NHL just gifted them well, a generational player. Well, and this is this is what because like we had our own tank here in Philly. I'm wearing my Sixers hat, right? We had our own tank here, but the reality is, is when a team decide or when a league decides it's going to go into a lottery system to avoid those things, well, you can't undo what's already been done. 
Yep. Right. So now everybody else has to adjust when it's like, you know, you can't undo those things. And um, so when you decide you're going to go worse the first for a while and then you institute a, a lottery and then a cap comes on, if you look up and down the teams that have been that have been good for the most part, you know, they haven't shuffled all that much other than Vegas. Obviously, they don't really shuffle. They haven't really shuffled all that much. Since the cap was instituted in what 06, um, the teams that have been in the middle for the most part have kind of been in the middle. The teams that have been good have been good, and sometimes it's just it might take a long time to for the thing to for everything to balance out a bit because you're still dealing with the pre of those rules, you know. Well, like, it's, I, it, it also it also came down to teams not learning and yeah. realizing that you can't just continually if you continuously trade away assets and give out awful contracts, you're just going to be purgatory. And because if you trade away the assets and you don't develop, you turn into what the, you know, what the flyers were stuck in. Um, Carolina was stuck. I mean, you know, they won their cup and, you know, they were competitive for the next couple of years. Then I think they made the conference. They went on a crazy run in what? Oh, nine made the conference finals. Yeah, but then they had lottery picks for a couple years, right? Like and then and then they were bad and they were bad for a long time. They didn't make they didn't make the playoffs until what three years ago when uh, when they went to the uh, or two years ago when they went to the uh, conference finals. And you know that's you know at that point all those young players were finally blossoming. All those picks that they got and for for as bad as they were, they were finally making a difference. And you know, and then you have team a team like Phoenix, which is a whole different story. But I just can't. Buffalo, can't Buffalo, yeah. Arizona, Buffalo, um, Detroit hasn't really been able to figure it out either. You know, like yeah, um, there are just some teams that have been stuck. Again, I think you're right. I think that there's an amount of like when the cap goes in, when the cap went in, right? Because it oh six is 15 years ago. It sounds longer than it is because every time you bring a GM in, you're going to give them a couple years. You're not going to turn them over every year. Right. And, and, and hockey has long contracts for how low the salary cap actually is. You know, when you start talking about guys, signing guys to seven years on a guaranteed deal in a salary cap league, it can, and the buyout is double, like it's half the money for double the time, right? Like that's how it affects you. It's some, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, it really stings if you have an executive that gives out that long contract. And how bad this, is Bob's contract going to look like? Oh, and it's going to look terrible. It's going to look terrible. This, this year that they're having, which they might end up getting bounced this round. I mean, they're down two games. They're going to have, I mean, that's a $10 million contract for how many years, how, how much term 10, did they give? 10 and 10. 10 and 10. Too long. And I think that this flat cap, flat cap for a couple years, what it's going to hopefully do is re, like players don't want long term right now. Mm. Um, and maybe that it reorients what term looks like in hockey going forward because it will be better for the league if they go to shorter, you know, more, mo- I don't care. Like it could be the same amount of money just for less years because wow. it, you know, I think this this off season in terms of contracts will look will be a hair better than last year. It's going to be after next season, so yeah. next summer is because I mean, a between the amount of really good players that are going to be available, and b you're gonna it'll be after a year of hopefully 
hockey back to normal after you know Gates, the first yeah. the first year of the ESPN the, the big TV deal. Uh, so there'll be more more money coming in the NHL. So the HRR, the hockey related revenue, will be higher. <laughs> will be will be you know actually higher than it was before COVID. Prior co- prior to COVID, yeah, because the ESPN deal is is very friendly, um, which is good. That's good for the league. Um, I just hope that we don't we don't go back to see like I, I think that seven year deals should really be reserved for really special players. Um, and free agency in hockey has just become like something where you just like super overpay, you know, like it's it. Well, bef- let's say prior to COVID, you really overpay free agents and you get the hometown hometown discounts and bridge deals are really where you make your contenders. And if you're having to sign free agents, it's tough. It's tough to build, you know, like to, to, to get players that way. Because you got to giving- spend your money to lock your players up. Yep. And if there's if there's a generational player out there which a guy like Dougie Hamilton is not a generational defenseman. So I, he's a nice defenseman, but he's he's not, he's good, but he's not, he's not generational. No, you, when there's a guy available, like, like, like that, then, then you have to, you have to try like, you know, even like Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, if they're not generational, they're really good. And if you can get them, but is it worth blowing the bank up for it? But that's what happens in free agency, right? Like yeah. someone's going to. Yeah, that's why it's tough because you don't know. You, you, it's risky, but tr- making trades is the way to go. Making hockey trades is the way to go, and that's what Chuck is going to have to do. So, and and this will be our last topic, and then we can get off because we're you know we're a little little over an hour. Um, but, um. A lot of a lot of talk in in this city about Chuck as well, and this year and it being dis- disappointing, and then next year having to be a, a big year. And I don't say that he, you know, I don't want to see the same exact team come back or some version of the same exact team come back. That being said, sometimes the smart move isn't <laughs> if he can do it through trade. I want to say that if he can do it through trade, that will make more sense. But you, you can't, you're just not going to be able to go out and solve this problem through free agency. And it may be smarter not to feel the pressure quite as much um, and make moves that, you know, like what he did last off, not this past off season, off season before they were smart hockey moves. Yes, Chris, we mentioned, <laughs> we mentioned the Phantoms coach. We talked about it. Our own co-host doesn't listen. Yeah. After, after you crop dusted us with your question, uh, we talked about it. Thanks, buddy. Go back to heat, uh, cursing at the kids on the baseball field. Yeah. Go get a hot dog. Um, yeah, I, it's almost a blessing in disguise that there's not, you know, a, a, a very good free agent class out there. It's it's almost it's almost it's a blessing. Thin. Yeah, it's um, he Chuck knows he's going to be forced to make trades to get better, and um, <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate for everyone else. Uh, a lot of blind people at that baseball field. Um, Some fire in Parkwood. Yes, <laughs> but it's 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 a blessing that there's not a huge free agent market out there. So he's gonna have to make some trades. Uh, I think I I think there might be some buyouts. So there might be some good value with some buyout uh, signings. Uh, who, who do you? Who do you think? Like uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but 
I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be teams uh, up against. It's cold. He said with a streaking. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold. It's like ninety degrees out. Uh, there's there's gonna be there's there are teams that are up against the cap wise that want to make improvements and I'm not saying that he's a guy that that's going to get bought out this year. I don't think he's going to get bought out this year. Uh, but we were just talking about Bob. He's going to get bought out in the next year or two. They're going to have to. They're going to have to because, um, you know, Spencer Knight's their future, and he's really, really good. So, you know, at and, some point. And Quenville's system seems to, you know, not be unfavorable to goaltenders. Right. And he's big. He's big. Yeah. Bob is not big, and that's a huge, huge problem for him. So – but my point is, I think there's going to be some there's going to be some teams buying some guys out. Uh, that so there might be some guys on the free agent market that won't necessarily need a huge contract that have some that have some tread left on the tires. And that I think San Jose to bring up a team that you were talking about, San Jose might might be looking to buy some some people out. I think yeah. that that's a fair. Yeah. Right. How much are they paying Carlson? I don't know. They can afford to allow Carlson eleven. No. Yeah. Too That's long. five. It's five and a half, or yeah. So it would be five and a half for another what seven years or whatever he's got left <laughs> for him not to play. Like yeah, for him not to yeah, or go somewhere else and and accept getting paid three. You know, <laughs> a guy, a guy <laughs> a contender, like, a guy like Burns or Vlasic who, Vla. I mean, I don't. Even, I'm gonna look it up now because now I want to know. Um, that friendly. Um, what? While you're doing that, I think San Jose, they're you know Tampa Bay, they're right up. They're over the cap. Yeah, we, we were know? talking about it before that they're they're now 17 million over the cap today. And today, and I think next year they're they're what five five over the cap. Five over, and they have a bunch of free agents. Yeah, so they're they're going to be doing some wheeling and dealing. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be. Able, how am I not finding San Jose? What am I doing? There they are. Jesus. Um, so for next year, they they have eleven million in cap space, but they have they only have fifteen guys signed. Yeah. So, so like a, a guy like uh, yeah Vlasic, um, he is thirty four. He has oh my god, he's got five more years left at seven million. Yeah. He's, so he's a definite. Buyout, buyout yeah. So, and and when we talked about GMs and being stuck in old ways and getting stuck in long contracts, you've got a thirty-four-year-old, right? How old's Carlson now? Carlson's only thirty, but 30, yeah, but he might as well be. I mean, his body's thirty-four. Yeah, it was knees. I mean, no, no offense yeah. to Eric Carlson, you know, like it's amazing player, but you Brent know. Burns is thirty-six. He's making eight. He has four more years. Um, so that would be four, right? They'd have to pay him four million per if they buy him out. Third. I think it's a third. a third. Oh, I thought it was half, but even no. so, for double the length of time. Yeah, yeah. So if he has four years, they're gonna have to pay him that for eight. Yep. Um. So again, it makes a thirty-six-year-old. If you're only taking a flyer on one year, and for him, he what does it matter? You know, he only needs. Yeah, I mean, if you, can, deal. if you can get Vlasic, well, I think they have to pay him half, but the cap is only a third. Right. Um. So, I think you're like, correct because it has to make sense to free up cap. Yeah. So uh, uh, Vlasic, he is, you know, like if you can get him, sign him to even a two-year deal where he's only making, you know, like $2 million, like that might be 
like, and I'm not even saying as a guy to play target, over but, Yeah. Um, but he might be a guy. So if you, if you make a trade for like Dumba and you know, where I've been, you know, I've been talking about that. that where you, yeah. Where, where you, it makes sense. To, He's a Chuck guy too, right? Yep. Where you have to deal, you know, Myers in it. So now you're looking for a four Vlasic at two years at 2 million. Perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Uh, another, you know, a, a good veteran to play with Sanheim. Like that just, that just fills out your, your, your D your, your uh, decor. And it lets Sanheim be Sanheim, right? Like yep. some, some of the issue um, is, you know, Sanheim. Some, some of what makes Sanheim good is he, he's a good skater, you know? Um, and when he's got to stay at home, um, it's not necessarily uh, capitalizing on his strengths. So um, I think that there's going to be other, and I think you're right. I think that there's going to be other names that where teams are going to, ex- are going to hope that they're going to end up in Seattle, you know, and yep. it just might not work out that way. And, yeah, they, you know, they, <laughs> these, these are the forwards that San Jose has signed for next year. Couture, Vander Kane, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, LeBanc. Weren't they talking about something with Evander Kane this season too? And a, and yeah, a, and yeah. a buyout or, or a cut or something? So they need – so they have those guys. They have Barbanov. I don't know who that is. Uh, John Leonard and – I don't know. I don't know what his name is. Uh, but they have like – they have they have six forwards signed for next year. Uh, Matt oh, – no, no, he's a free agent. Um, yeah, I, they, that 11 million will go away very fast. Oh God. Yeah. They have, so they, they, they need to resign Donato or trade him. Mar- Marcus Sorensen, who's a good bottom nine guy, which they you let go, but then you still have to fill a spot. Yeah. Um, uh, they have a bunch of young guys. They have to resign Patty Marlowe. Do they bring him back? Which wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so like they have, they need to fill out their four grouping and it can't be all young guys, but it, I mean, yeah, they have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, I think that when you look up and down, I do think teams are in better condition than they were with Vegas. And I don't think teams are going to be as hungry to be giving uh, picks to, to to Seattle to take players. But there are a lot of teams that need cap casualties to go to Seattle as well. You know, so it's going to be an, that it all kind of starts with. Is that one of your players? No, no, he, he, Mike couldn't play any sports. The only, <laughs> the only sports he's good at is, uh, is beer pong. Eh, that's, you know, competitive it's beer pong. It's I'm, Hey, I'm the same way. Um, <laughs> but really this off season, you know, like we're going to obviously play or pay attention to playoffs. It's been fun so far. We don't expect it that, that fun to die, but, um, really the off season, the pivot point is, um, the expansion draft because yep. we're going to know so much about what teams are going to be stuck doing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll know everyone's uh, the, the landscape of who, who are they, who like, like the flyers, if they were able to get rid of Voracek or JVR, that'll be gigantic. If the, in, instead of losing someone like ghost who again, ghost may not have as much value, but he has a lot more value at four and a half than Jake does at eight. Yeah. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. He's also any, you know, like both of them are very difficult pieces to move. We learned that with ghosts, right. With putting on waivers. But that being said, um, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, um, you know, what, now, you you're want, on your, now you're on your wife's 
Facebook. Come on, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but um, point point being is 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 you won't really know what those moves look like until the other moves happen. And I also feel like the Flyers are in a position where they're going to make the players that they're going to make available. I don't think they're going to be giving up picks to get Seattle to to entice Seattle to take certain players. Yeah, I don't, there's not going to be a lot of that this year. <laughs> so, on that note, I'm going to put up um, as we close out. Uh, I'm going to put up uh, the lineup of the shows on Phillyverse, our new home here at Phillyverse. We are kind of all the shows are kind of built a little bit the same. Um, definitely not different, but a little bit the same. But I'm going to put them on. Uh, we are awaiting Chris's illustrious entrance also into the Sixer show, but he hosts the Diamond Club, which seems to be floating days. Um, there's the Bald Eagle show, which is an Eagle show. Um, that is on Wednesdays, so you missed that one yesterday. Um, after today, you've got Tables, Ladders, and Chairs is on tonight. You've got the broadcast on Friday, 6.30, um, 4 for 4, Football Smack Talk show on Mondays, 6 p.m. Um, go through, check out those shows. You'll get, you go to the web, you go to the Facebook page, you hit like, and it will notify you when we go live. Um, all the shows are live. Nothing's taped, but you can also, if you're more of a listener, uh, they, they do hit Apple podcasts. So, um, search for any of the shows that you might like. Um, otherwise, you know, take a look, give a listen. Everybody's, you know, trying hard to, to do their, bring their, the best of their show to you guys. Um, otherwise we will be back on Thursday at five 30, you know, pending our own lives, but that's when we should be back. Um, hopefully Chris doesn't have to make a habit of, uh, dropping bombs and running away. Like he's a Randy Quaid crop dust in here. Um, it's an independence day joke guys, <laughs> very topical, but, um, yeah, check out the network, check out the shows. There's something for everybody. Um, Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week.